BMGM, uh, Bonjour, uh, Guten Morgen, Dobro Utra, uh, Labri. That's basically the way how we uh, introduce our audience here in Europe. Today is a very special day for both me and uh, my wonderful co-host, uh, Alice, Hannah, because we're finally starting our uh, long-awaited uh, show here based in Europe called Origins XYZ. The show that has only one goal is to showcase the beauty of Web3 space here in Europe. We had a wonderful time with uh, artists, builders, advocates from all around the world last week at NFT London. And for those who were coming from the US and Canada especially, they had this big wow moment from the European community, how much we have achieved here and how little they knew about us. So the goal of this show uh, that is going to be aired weekly on Tuesday at 2 p.m. GMT time, hosted by me and uh, Rekt Alice, is to showcase the beauty of this space by going into original stories of uh, some of the biggest builders here in Europe, around Europe, uh, highlighting some of the biggest news that are happening here and actually connecting these two worlds, uh, world of uh, Web3 in the US and world of Web3 here in Europe. So, Hannah, say hi to everyone who just joined us as well, and let's get it started. So, GM, GM, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, it's been a... It, it, we, we started this show for many reasons. I'm going to talk a bit about the name in a second, but... I think we've all uh, been part of the Web3 Twitterverse for a while and listened to lots of spaces. And there is always, um, by default, usually a US focus. But there is so much, so much. I know from researching, um, you know, news for the show today, how much is going on in Europe. And I think it tends to be brushed aside or not focused on because obviously the news of the US is very important and affects the economic climate, you know, and and everything that we do, but there is uh, we we need to focus as well on what what's happening here and give people a chance to uh, shill their projects and to shill the work that's going on, um, especially in the European cities. Like there's so much going on in Lisbon and in London and in Amsterdam and in Paris and in Berlin, all of which I'm going to be at in the next like three months. So there's just there's just such an amazing vibe um, in Europe and there's so much building going on. And I think that we need a space to celebrate that. We need a space to talk about uh, also news that's really affecting us, um, our economic strategies and our um, thinking moving forward um, and, and, and providing people a, a space for that. So that's what the, this show is intending to do, is to provide people a space to talk about uh, what's happening in the Europe um, sphere. And as well as that, to also, uh, I met Nikki uh, a few months ago in London, and he is uh, a true Gen Z, and, and, and we just connected on such a level, I'm Gen X, and we just found it amazing how in Web3 you can connect on such a deep level, and it doesn't really matter your age, your sex, the way you identify, there's just a deep connection because we all are really, um, you know, enthusiastic about what's happening and really passionate about the change that's going on. Um, and that just automatically connects people. It doesn't matter your generation. It doesn't matter your origin story. We're all here 
I think for a greater good and that greater group good depends on your remit and what you're focusing on but we are all trying to to build something together and I think that's the beauty of decentralization and that's the the magic of web3 um so we we called the show origins xyz for for the relationship between all generations and and to try and be inclusive to everyone no matter where you live what language you speak um what color you are what how you identify uh, and in addition to that we also feel that it's really important to share some of these origin stories of these amazing people in in Europe and beyond we we are inclusive we're going to include the US as well don't worry we've got many amazing guests joining us from overseas as well we have a pack packs so in fact we can't even fit in all our guests uh, that we want to but um, we we want to we want to shine the light specifically for for people that are doing incredible things in Europe as well. Um, we just had this is a great week to start because we just literally had NFT NYC in London. It was a huge success um, in on every level. There's been uh, lots and lots of uh, chats on Twitter about about the conference. Uh, this I think NFT NYC have been had put together very honest. A summary of of the amazing uh, the amazingness that they achieved, and also some things that they could do better. And that's what I love. It's about building together. We've got Token two hundred four nine, which is starting tomorrow, where we have I think they've got two thousand five hundred people coming in from all over the world. It's going to be a huge conference. Loads of side events going on, and I've posted that on my on my stream. If you want to know what's going on this week in London. Um, there is lots going on overseas as well. I think we just had the Web3 uh, conference in Lisbon, which was huge, absolutely huge. There's a lot going on there as well. So, so we will always be highlighting some of the conferences that are happening in Europe and some of the things that are going on uh, so that you can be updated and, and shine a light on coming events um, in the near future. So, so use this as a, as a way to be informed about what's going on as well. Informed about events, informed about latest news, informed about people. Uh, basically, the motivation for me to start this uh, show, Origins XYZ, is very similar to what Hannah just mentioned. It's all about people. I've been a big believer, supporter of community development, of uh, like-minded people being around me. And what is the best way to actually connect with those people who are thousands of kilometers away from you uh, and to have this weekly chats weekly discussions and that's also the goal uh, that's also the main motivation for me to bring all these friends not only from europe but from all around the world with our european mindset of me and hannah uh, to discuss what's cooking in web3 space and what's the future trajectory of it and what's the best way to actually start our uh, weekly shows and uh, to invite brendan those as the first guest here directly from the UK. Uh, Brandon, we're extremely happy to have you here today. Uh, we want to allow you to say hi uh, to our audience. Uh, we're going to come back to you after that in a couple of minutes because we're going to start with some freshly new news that we also want to discuss with you. But uh, Brandon, feel free to say hi to all our guests here. Hello, everyone. Uh, real pleasure to be on this first episode, historic first episode, maybe. And uh, I look forward to uh, chatting with everyone and talking about things um, in a moment. Looking forward to it. 
Brendan has the best voice. That's why I wanted him to be our first guest because he's like the epitome of British, and I love it, Brendan. <laughs> I hate my voice, but I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and and also every time I see you, I said this on our last basis. I imagine you sitting with your pipe and your cup of tea and biscuits. <laughs> yeah, we're gone with custard creams today. The the baroque, <laughs> ma- the baroque majesty of the custard cream, best biscuit. <laughs> the best, the best. I'm sitting here with my Starbucks. It's not very British, but anyway. Um, what I wanted to start off with is to just focus a little bit on some really big news that's happening in Europe. Um, a lot of these posts um, I'm, I'm monitoring from Cointelegraph, which is a great source of news, I think, for the community. And I think they're doing a great job in covering globally uh, what's happening in the Web3 ecosystem. And what's what I think there's been so much chatter about what's happening in royalties, which we will get to, Brendan. We're going to definitely discuss that with you soon. I know I think everyone's itching to talk about that. Um, there's a lot been going on with royalties. There's a lot been going on with FTX. And we'll cover all of that. But there's something really important happening right now in the UK. And that is that the Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport um, have asked uh, people to comment on the NFT um, status. They have called a paper and they really want to look at regulating the NFT um, sector. And they're asking for feedback. Now, this is a moment for our community to really have a say in what's going to happen legally for NFTs. Um, in the UK. And I think I implore everyone to take a look at this paper. We've pinned it at the top um, and to just uh, contribute because obviously we want, I think it's very important. I come, you know, I also am a partner in a hedge fund and I think regulation is very needed uh, both in DeFi and in NFTs. Um, But uh, we need to make sure that the regulation, it allows us to do what we want to do best and supports us rather than constricts us. So it's really important that when we're given a voice that we use that opportunity. So anybody here who wants to um, have a voice, you have a way of doing that now. Um, And I think we should engage with government who are willing to engage with us, especially now we have a new prime minister, Rishi Sunak, who's come in, who's been very vocal about his support for cryptocurrency. And in fact, I think even was launching a role mint NFT. So he's very experienced and very pro what's happening and this is a moment for us I think to try and really push regulation in for the good of the space which is needed as we can see um, with all with everything that's happening I think and all the chatters so please do take a look at that Uh, we've pinned it to the top and um, make sure that you have your say uh, because we're being invited to speak so let's let's have our say um, construct uh, constructively Uh, the other thing that I noticed that everyone sort of overlooked but it's very important is happening um at the moment there is a there was a very big uh conference by solana uh, the solana breakpoint conference was happening right now in lisbon and i think they had thirteen thousand people let's just take a moment to think about that thirteen thousand people attended that conference um it was huge um, they are launching many, many new technologies and solutions. Um, I, to be honest, uh, have been part of crypto, the crypto ecosystem since 2017. Haven't been a massive fan of Sol, to be honest. Um, but I do think that they have a very loyal um, following and they're doing amazing things. And uh, they're definitely people to watch. They also have their own marketplace, the NFT marketplace. 
And they're a quiet sort of uh, solid contributor and, and should be taken very seriously. Uh, they actually launched uh, a demo of their new phone, um, which is really interesting. Um, I, I had a look at it. We've, we've pinned the tweet up there, but this phone has been designed for true sort of crypto users and DeFi users. So they've built in the ability to basically to trade um, and to do swaps for DeFi really seamlessly. Um, obviously, I'm a bit skeptical because I've actually been a part of a soul hack. I've been one of the victims of many hacks around them and, and they've gone down many times. But the fact is that they have a working phone that allows you to seamlessly use, utilize DeFi, um, you know, really easily. And, and they've built in and rethought really about the user experience here. So I think that even if this is the first of many to come, it's definitely one to watch definitely one to look into and worth uh, really looking at carefully. Uh, I think that we often miss these very pivotal moments uh, and positive pivotal building moments in uh, in the system. So so that's definitely one to watch um, the Solana I have a conference. Strong feeling. Yeah. I, I have a strong feeling that Harry uh, already used the phone, so Harry, <laughs> share with us. <laughs> I was just going to add that. Hi, Harry. Uh, uh, hello, 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 everybody. Sorry, I was a bit late. I uh, I snuck in. Um, I like I quite like Solana. I don't own a lot of it. I own one one NFT on Solana by a by a friend of mine. Oh, he's gonna murder me. I can't remember the name. It's something pandas. Um, but they their uh, their community is really strong. I'm gonna have to find that. Give me two seconds, otherwise he will murder me. Where is it? <laughs> it's, it's hungry pandas or something, but it's not. That's the one on ETH from ages ago. But I quite like Solana. That was my two cents. I I think that Solana are definitely a major player, um, especially in the DeFi world. But they're doing a lot in NFTs as well. And we shouldn't ignore what's happening there. And with this phone, it's definitely one to look into uh, in more detail because I've got a feeling that others will be looking at it. I wonder if Apple's even looking at it. I don't know, but it's definitely, um, they've really focused on the UI and the fact that you don't need a separate seed phrase or you don't need to go through a number of different bridges, but you can just literally do swap protocols, uh, DeFi protocols on your phone in like a second, which is a game changer. This is a huge game changer for DeFi. So it's really something uh, to watch. Another thing around DeFi, by the way, and we're not going to focus too much on that, but really big news about JP Morgan. Now, if you think back to like this time, sort of like a year, a year and a half ago, JP Morgan was like vocally anti-crypto uh, and, you know, saying be careful. Now we have in the news that JP Morgan um, have literally done their first T DeFi um transaction um they have uh literally invested um and done their first um uh investment into the DeFi sector and this is a big big deal this is a big this deal i know that we have this is we have other you know we have other major uh, banks that have already got crypto desks up and are you know investing in in DeFi's very tentatively um, but JP Morgan has publicly um, announced that they are now investing in DeFi. And I think DeFi, um, you know, th that leads on to what's happening, I think, with FTX and Sandbank with Free. There's a lot of 
we DeFi's had a really tough year, really, really tough year. It's I in fact started a DeFi fund in February, so it's been really, really tough. But um, there's been a lot of I I feel that that it's sort of like there's been a lot of um, a, a cleansing in a term of like we're getting rid of all the shit and we're ready to start going strong and and um, and DeFi's had a lot of shit and there's been a lot of, that needs cleaning up and that's why I think this regulation coming in is very very important um, and I think that the banks are aware that this is coming and that this is going to be the new way of doing that traditional finance is going to be utilizing DeFi protocols um, and it is going to be regulated and they're getting ready. And JP Morgan um, publicly investing in this is a big statement to say, yes, we're, this is happening. It's not going anywhere. We have to be ready. We need to engage um, as are other banks and other hedge funds. So I think that um, 2023 is going to bring um, a lot of positivity. I think it's going to be a better year, in my opinion, for DeFi. I think that's been painful. But in a way, we've had to go through this to grow. And, and there's going to be a lot of exciting developments happening. So, again, something that, you know, I think has been lost in a lot of the chatter that's going on um, in Web3, but something very important to monitor and uh, and, and keep track of um, over the next sort of few months. And actually, Hannah, talking about development, I have this feeling that when it comes to NFT space, we're actually taking huge steps back, like, Something that was so relevant, something that was so innovative a couple of months, maybe a year ago, just going down. And here in particular, I'm talking about uh, the latest news, actually, it was yesterday, I guess, news of OpenSea, uh, talking about reducing any royalties for artists. That's something that uh, we in Web3 have been talking about for almost a year now, uh, different platforms joining uh, the Sika system uh, offering zero royalties, uh, therefore almost no support to artists, and now OpenSea. OpenSea that is basically, what, around 80-something percent of uh, all volume around NFTs is uh, supporting this initiative. Still, they uh, said that before December the 8th, nothing will be changed, nothing will be confirmed, but questions still arise, like, what comes after that? Is it 0% royalties? Is it something different? Because how should it differ from a traditional uh, artist world where you didn't get any royalties, you didn't get any support in perpetuity? That's perhaps the biggest question right now. This has been like, uh, I think, part uh, the main main theme of my threads apart from the FTX and Sandbank Manfred and, and CZ sort of duel that's going on that I think needs they just need to sort this their shit out really because I think DeFi has like suffered enough and this is going to be too too um, destructive for the ecosystem if they carry on so hopefully they can sort those, their lives out and we can talk about that later but I wanted to hear actually from Holly because Holly used to work Rareable, which I know um, is very supportive of artists. What's your view on on the um, open sea sort of uh, turn that's d developing now? I know there's been a lot of strong voices in the space. There has, and there's been loads of um, live conversation around this since the summer, really. I would say since NFT NYC. Um, 
um we were having lots of very lively conversation uh internally and i think you know generally the sentiment was is that we were a community marketplace and our artists were always um you know the reason for our being you know my role was head of artist relationships and it was critical in my mind that secondaries were actually imperative and like part of of what web3 revolution is um i read um, a really interesting twitter post today from um one of the big like investors and like you know their point was is that you know, artists have survived for centuries without like the concept of secondary royalties. But really like the the story behind like how secondary royalties even came to being, like it was female artists actually asking for this. Um, they were like the pioneers of this whole kind of like uh, revolution. And it really is revolutionary. And I think we if we don't use smart contracts to um move you know uh creative opportunity and um creative access forward we're just going to be like you know missing a huge huge like expanse of of what web3 is you know i see it being here to like grow communities not to um not to do things how we've done them before yeah sure there's like a, a ton of different revenue streams i've been working with artists for a really long time looking at all those different options but secondary royalties gave them independence um it gave them license to you know create work without permission um and be celebrated in perpetuity uh, and beyond that it's not just about artists either you know the the whole concept of secondary royalties you know thinking about working with charities and like there was a whole thing around like split royalties as well around like um you know crediting all of the creators uh, as part of um again as part of the smart contract so yeah i'm a huge huge kind of i'm a bit you know uh old school like that i kind of feel like you know it's like if you're buying nfts you do need to buy them with crypto and if you're buying nfts you do need to honor secondary royalties i wouldn't be trading anywhere else that that wasn't going to make sure that the artist was kind of like being looked after first and foremost i think that that's so true i think that when i'm when i when i explain to my normie friends about nfts and i explain how you know the royalties um provide an instant sort of income for these artists like in perpetuity they just get it. it that's the light bulb moment they don't always understand crypto they don't always understand nfts they don't understand when i show them my nfts they sort of stroke me and say i think you've been conned Hannah. <laughs> when they see how much i've spent for like you know a pixelated um pfe but you know i think the the they get the idea of of providing you know an income for artists and 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 allowing you know uh, the role of, of an artist as a as a genuine career um for for our future generations so you know this is a big deal um I think that there we're going to see more and more of this. I, I felt this as well in NFT London. I think there is a this there's an evolving moment that's happening now in Web three because we're growing. Um, and when you grow, 
um, you become more commercialized and we have to become more commercialized because we need to grow and we need money to grow and we need mass consumption and, you know, people like Meta are, are going to come in and, you know, and, and Apple and they're going to charge their 30, 40% fees because that's what they need to do. And, and, and we need, we do, the space does need that to grow, but the people that have been here from the beginning, want to keep the beauty and of of this space and and the decentralized nature and and the idea of 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 giving people you know access to funds directly and that's one of the reasons that we're all here so it's about it's a balance um and it's going to be very hard to get that balance right and i think this whole conversation with open sea is that i think it's it's more than them it, they're trying to survive they're a commercial entity they need to do what's right business wise but it's a fine line between doing that and remaining loyal uh, to to the values of the space. And that's, I think, what this conversation is really about. It's about, you know, how do we navigate this so that we can remain loyal to our beliefs um, as a Web3 community? Because we need to change. The world needs to change. And that's why we're here. Um, and do we dive over to the other side completely or or is there another option and i think that this the, the way that OpenSea navigates this is going to be very important for the future of, of platforms and and if they do they don't navigate it well then inevitably there will be other platforms that will i think uh take over so it's going to be very interesting to see developments here brendan what what's your thoughts of, uh, about this as a as a very popular and um, you know well-respected artist in the community, I, well, it's it's exactly what you said. You know that that was the thing with um, when NFTs got got really popular. That was the thing you always told people about first, as you said. You know, you um, the whole royalties thing was so unique. It was so different. It was so different to how. The art world traditionally um, worked. You know, if a David Hockney painting sold at Christie's, um, David Hockney got zero money from it. So why why were we even having the debate? And so it was an amazing thing, right? So why were we even having the debate about stripping away royalties is is kind of ridiculous to me. It's like it's it's for one thing, so people can make even more money. Um, you know, so, um, you know, they don't want to give royalties, the bad people don't want to give royalties to artists, the ones who support artists do because they get it. Um, you know, so it's royalties is absolutely a great thing, and um, end of debate, that's it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens, and let's hope that OpenSea do do the right thing. I know that there are very vocal artists like Betty, Thank You X, you know, Ferocious, all come out in like you know just pleading with OpenSea to reevaluate this and not just do this for commercial you know needs. So let's let's see what happens, and hopefully they will choose to do the right thing. But I think we're going to go over to you now, Brendan, Nikki. Do you want to? Should yeah, I, I just want, want, I just wanted to briefly add to what we have just discussed. Shout out to our friend Ben, uh, another uh, creator of Ragradia, who actually yesterday had uh, one and a half hour huge space with Betty, and uh, it was such a powerful discussion about why royalties is no discussion at all. It just should be there. So uh, 
for everyone who is arguing, for everyone who is trying to understand whether that is the right way or not, what what just Holly mentioned five minutes ago, we're taking the step back. We're actually coming back to this traditional. I don't know if Holly just got rocked or she'll join us later, but uh, with Holly, uh, two weeks ago, when we were at the opening of NFT factory, I remember it, it as it was like yesterday. Uh, a very respectful uh, traditional artist who has uh, 25 years of experience came to us and said that, uh, hey, you know, I have this big problem right now. He's from the US. I have this big problem that uh, I'm trying uh, to make sure that one lady is not selling my art because this art is so priceless for me and I'm not getting anything from uh, it. And it already appreciated like 10 times or something. And we're trying to explain to him how NFTs work. That that's basically the way how you can get this piece of royalty from uh, without being worried whether it will be sold today in a week in a month. You should be interested in it being sold. Uh, if it's not something unique for you, you should be interested because you're getting this royalty. So it makes so much sense not only for the traditional world but also for the whole Web3 space. So I absolutely appreciate everyone here today on the stage uh, agreeing at least on this one. Uh, so yeah, that's a very good transition to actually come uh, to our guest, Brandon. Uh, I haven't mentioned, I haven't managed to meet you in person when I was in London. I know that you live somewhere uh, outside of London, but I really hope that uh, very soon we're going to be able to meet in person because London, that's basically uh, one of the capital city of Europe for art. London, Paris, Lisbon, that's basically where people meet to discuss traditional art, generative art, AI art. And that's something that we want to discuss here with you today. But since our show, Origins XYZ, already has this original story uh, narrative in its uh, naming, I would like to ask you... Uh, the first question as follows. What is your original story of Web 2 to Web 3 transition? Whether you can recall when was this aha moment when you actually realized that uh, whatever you do in traditional world, it makes so much sense in this digital narrative and you want to join it full time. Uh, please share it with us. Uh, well, I've, everything I've done I've always been, has always been digital. Um, but I guess... Uh, the NFT thing happened when um, my friend David Moore, who uh, was one of the founders of Known Origin. Uh, so I worked in Manchester for 12 years. I had a design agency there that I, uh, I co co-ran uh, for 12 years. And um, Known Origin are also in Manchester. So we kind of came, our paths crossed because of that. And... Um, I think back in 2019, David kept like DMing me on Twitter about this thing called crypto arts, and I, you know, I was I was doing other things at the time and um, didn't really look at it and really didn't make understand what it was. And uh, luckily, David just kept on at me for like a year, um, and it was I think it was 2020 that. I, I looked at it and I thought, and I saw some of my peers and people I knew doing uh, NFTs. And so um, I got on to Known Origin. I said, maybe maybe I should do this. And 
uh, and then yeah, it's and it's. I did my first NFT in 2020, and in June I think it was on Known Origin, and it sold, you know, within an hour. Um, I wasn't anywhere glamorous when it sold. I was at the butchers, to be honest. Um, so, uh, <laughs> still, I still remember where I was. Um, I, I I know David really well. Um, he's such a geezer. I love David. Um, he he told me how he started known origin. He literally was going door to door begging people and uh, artists uh, and t- talking to them about this crypto art. And he just now recently has been acquired. Known origin was acquired by eBay. So like his is also another huge success story. We'll get him on um, to the show. But yeah. uh, he's based in Manchester. He's such a good guy, and he really sort of also saw this vision so clearly. So it's amazing that. You connected through him, uh, Brendan. Yeah. No, and then, then it kind of, you know, we all know it, the the space kind of blew up, and um, I had, uh, you know, people then getting different platforms, then getting in touch with me, and this one that hardly anyone heard of back then, Nifty Gateway. So I did a drop with them in October 2020, and then I did a really huge one in February 2021, and then you know that's when it things just got nuts and. You know, I had film crews round here from the local, you know, not local news, national news. Um, I was on BBC Radio 4 several times and all this kind of stuff. By the way, when you get on BBC, once you've done one BBC programme, you're then on a database. And I get phone calls at night um, saying, Brendan, could you be on a show in like an hour? Um, <laughs> like, you know, at, at two in the morning or something. So once you're on that database, you get they look up the word nft and my name comes up so so that I, I thought your glasses on your pfp was because you're a bbc presenter <laughs> yeah exactly that um and then then you get weird things like you know neighbors like across the road who i've, I've i know the neighbors either side of me but over the road you know wave but that's about it so after I was on you know itn news at 10 and stuff like that I was painting the wall the next day and my neighbour, this neighbour came across that I'd never spoken to and he came, he said, excuse me, mate, um, do you do that? Were you on telly last night? And I was like, yeah, I was. I, I kind of keep myself to myself. I don't want people really knowing what I do. And um, so I said, yeah. And he said, you do that crypto stuff, do you? And I went, yeah. And so I just carried on painting the wall and that was it. But um, so, you know, <laughs> It was an amazing time. It was, it was, you know, it's, and then it opened up a lot, a hell of a lot of doors for me. And, um, you know, and I am where I am today and uh, represented by Brendan. Uh, Brendan, I have to tell you that, look, look, first of all, I think that the way art is displayed is so important. Like we often just tend to look at art on our phones, let's be honest, maybe on a desktop if we're lucky. Um, but when I saw your art actually displayed in a gallery, it was just a whole new level. And I realized how genius it was. Um, it's just so beautiful. And I wanted to ask you, I've been dying to ask you, actually, and there's no time like the present to ask you about your process. Like, what, how, what is your art all about? What is the process? Because it looks, it's so beautiful. But then I remember you telling me a little bit in Gazelle about it, about actually what it is and, and how you do it and it's it's extremely complex um to to get the final product and i i think that that art is as much about the process and the story as it is the the final piece which is absolutely stunning 
Um, so could you talk to us a bit about the, the process that you go through for your art? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, when I look back, I think it's all subconscious thing. When I look back at what is the correlation between all the work I've ever done, one of the overriding things, there's a few different things, but it's a lot of um, stuff from my personal life, um, you know, things that I, I bump into um, that kind of inspire me or have happened to me. Um, they're usually very human things. I'm interested in the minutiae of the day-to-day. -day. I'm interested in the ordinary moments of the everyday. I think people often talk about, you know, these bucket list type things and these epic things, you know, like jumping out of a plane or whatever. I think I actually think the things that are most special to you are actually the, the small moments that, you know, people don't don't really talk about, whether that's sitting on a park bench or, or whatever it is, right? So um, the piece you're referring to, uh, Moments Spent With Others, that was um, my first solo show at Gazelli, um, that was based on three memories, and one of them called I'll Take a Slice, is actually uh, celebrates my friendship with someone who's no longer with us, unfortunately. But when I was starting out in the design and graphic design world, I bumped, I met by chance a guy from New York. I was in Paris at the time at a conference, and um, I we just kind of hit it off. And he he went back to New York, and then he invited me to speak at conferences. And I ended up going to work for him for a while in New York. And we would sit on the edge of the building. He, he was in this like board, uh, building on Canal and Broadway. And we would sit there on this building at the edge in Soho. And we would eat pizza, you know, uh, at lunchtime with our feet dangling over. Kind of dangerous and stupid. Now I think about it. But um, so, <laughs> so, you know, that was the so that, that's a really very special moment in my life that and that trip kind of changed my life because I met a lot of other people that would go on to be part of my life. So, so that, so that's where I get my, that's the kind of work that I'm trying to do. I'm also interested in, I want, but that piece wasn't, when you saw that piece, it didn't have pictures of like, his name was Hillman Curses. It didn't have pictures of Hillman because that would have been weird. It, it was, it was very abstract, but it allowed you as a viewer to bring yourself into the work and maybe see your own stories. And that's important for me that I, I believe art doesn't become art until the viewer sees it, interacts with it, whether that's on a phone or in a physical space. So that was like the final part of the equation when you and others saw it in that space and you maybe saw different things in the work, which is, I think it's important to, leave space in your work for other things to grow you leave you've got to leave cracks in the work for the light to get in um and that's really important to me it's not like a finished thing so and i also want my work to ask more questions so that i'm not interested in answers i'm not interested in providing answers um i want my work to be a kind of lens or a a conduit to try and understand and make make sense of the world or even ask ask more questions about the world around us so 
that's that's kind of and then you know i use obviously digital technology technology to 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 make make that happen but um wow that's really so what powerful. My i feel about. like i feel like that just that soundbite is what art in itself <laughs> i feel like what you just said is so powerful but you just kind of brushed over yeah i just use technology yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i mean the technology that you use is, is very advanced can you talk, talk to us a bit about like you're using it's a generative piece but you're how how what's your background and and you know how, what what type of technology are you using and can you talk to us a bit about the tech side of the art sure. as well? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I I'm old, so um, you know, I, my first I first started to learn how to com- uh, program computers in 1981 um, on a thing called the Sinclair wow. 81, which you you plugged it into the TV didn't have a mouse, no graphic user interface, and you had to type things to make it do stuff. So I was I was hooked straight away because here was this this black box, this thing, this object that I could make do things. Um and so I I was kind of fascinated by that, the I the actual craft of being able to type words and make it do stuff. So I was interested in code in that way and it kind of just just spoke to me. And so I I wasn't I'm not formally trained in code or anything like that. So I I taught myself I haven't had a career in computer programming. I I won't bore you with the details, but I've had various I was a photographer. I had a record contract for a while during the rave scene in Manchester. Wow. Um, made four hundred pounds. Um and then, you know, and then you We've know, got a party coming up. You want yeah. to DJ? <laughs> I can still DJ and stuff like that. So um but you know that it the cor- the 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 correlation between like making breakbeats and records and stuff and samplers was I'm interested in combinations of simple things. So all these things are all about combinations. And what I do now is is kind of sampling, but I'm using different software to combine those elements. So so much of my stuff, I mean you say it's complex, but the complexity comes from chaining together often simple things. So I have a hard drive full of lots of very simple experiments done with code or generative processes. Um, those things by themselves are boring and not very interesting, but the the power comes from when you combine those things and you can combine one thing, two things, three, whatever, a thousand things. And that's where interesting stuff really happens when those combinations kick in because they co- they become something else. The, the sum of its parts is greater, you know. So that's that's the stuff I'm interested in. I don't really get interested in technology. For me, is is infrastructure. It's it's a way for me to realise what's in my head. Um, so I don't really talk about technology that much. Um, I'm glad it's there, but I'm more interested in the in the art uh, side of things. But um, yeah, so that's it's really you know. But the, at the core is about being curious and thinking. I want to do things I don't know how to do, and that's it's kind of like key to my processes. And at the start of the process is always very noisy, and you're trying to get to this perfection at the other end. But perfection is like this cruel joke 
that you can never get to because all you see is flaws. Um, so, you know, um, I'm, but I'm curious. I'm curious all the time to learn new things and do new things. And that's why a lot of my work is, you know, is quite different oftentimes from a, you know, a physical piece to a digital piece to a 3D printed piece. But the thing is, they all still have my DNA as an artist in them. The execution might be different, but the, at, at its core, it's still my story and it's still my thing. So, but it's not about, I, I freaking hate it when collectors give this advice about artists should have the same style, blah, blah, blah. You know, screw that. Um, art, <laughs> artists should be able to do what the hell they want. Uh, and if and if you look at, say, Picasso, he was constantly changing his style. People know Cubist, but he actually did loads of things before that. So, so you know, that's that's what art gives you is that freedom of expression. And no one should tell you how to how that should look. And so that's what I'm interested in. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly interested in change, I think. And with truly, respect, with truly respect your narrative of curiosity, because whenever people ask me, like, what fascinates me the most about this whole Web3 space, whenever we're talking about art, about technology behind the blockchain, it's actually this unknown. And you uh, being ready to dive deeper with all of your head into this ocean of unknown and explore it. So I believe that curiosity from your side, curiosity to know this technology, curiosity to learn something new. That's what made you so popular in the space. That's what made all these people who are here today on stage, all these people who are all around the world in Web3 to actually respect you. But this curiosity, it comes from both sides. On the one side, on the one hand, it's you. On the other hand, it's your community, people who are consuming your art, people who are connected with you. And one thing that I heard uh from you here today is actually that some people are still asking you if you are that as you referred crypto guy ah that this crypto thing okay that this blockchain stuff let me know uh because that's something i'm personally curious about uh, to hear from you how do you explain to people what the web3 space uh stands for uh what this process of you onboarding people by explaining to them uh, what is the place about and uh, why generative art, AI art, like digital art in general, boosted by blockchain, boosted by NFTs and uh, other tools out there, that is the future. Um, well, it's a weird one because I don't really talk to people about Web3 and crypto, um, to be honest. Uh, I... I talk about the art, you know, that's, that's to be honest, all I'm interested in. It's, I want people to have an emotional reaction to the work that I do. And they can tell me it's shit. I don't care. Um, they can say that that's an emotional reaction. And if you're doing work that everyone loves, well, let me tell you now, it isn't good enough. Um, your work should, <laughs> should I'm serious. Your work it's should split. If you're making work that everyone says is brilliant, then it's work harder. Um, so it should people. It's, it's perfectly fine that and normal that people should should. Your um, work is take rubbish, work. Brendan. Yeah, rubbish. thank you. So, <laughs> there you go. Actually, it is. So, but it's 
so I don't I don't actually talk to people about Web three or, um, you know, as I I'm, I do obviously talk about why NFTs are, you know, um, they are. It is the art of now. It is if we talk about contemporary art, it's as contemporary as you get because it's the thing that digital art has needed. So you can then buy and sell it. And which is important to make a market, you have to need that mechanism. So that's what interests me. But um, it was interesting, you know, I was on I was on a panel at a big Samsung thing um, in London a few weeks ago. And um, there was a panel that was like the artist panel. And then there was the panel, the NFT panel, which I was on. And the NFT panel, mm-hmm. all they talked about was NFTs and money. They talked about mostly money, where the artist panel, they all talked about the art they made, you know, and they were they were artists who weren't doing NFTs and stuff. And I thought, is this where we're still at? It's like people obsessed with the mechanism, the infrastructure, rather than talking about the bloody art. Talk, we should be talking about the art. That's all I'm interested in now. Of course, NFTs as a, as, a, as a as smart contracts in particular, as an infrastructure, as a mechanism, is really really interesting because you can bring that that becomes a material for your art if you want it to be. So you know you can use smart contracts in clever ways to be part of the arts. That's really cool and interesting. Uh, so that I love talking about that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, the the whole wag me thing, it just makes me feel sick because um, it's just it's a simplification. I actually find it quite dangerous that people are going around just going, "We're all going to make it." Newsflash: No, we're not. Uh, so um, we need to get off this whole. And to me, that's the Instagramification of of culture, where you have these like Instagrams where everyone's doing like these wellness things and stuff, and it's like largely bullshit um mm. so um i find that stuff kind of dangerous to be honest and i think we need to step back because let me tell you now if everyone's amazing nobody is so <laughs> and 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 it's very easy to fall into that trap of we're all gonna make it you know it's i just don't believe it um i don't drink the kool-aid um yeah so that's that's where I'm at. I I think that's so important like I speak to a lot of people that are especially emerging artists that they're just saying I'm giving up my job I want to go into web3 full time and I say to them straight away like don't give up your job like you need to eat you need to pay your rent like this is a volatile sector um you know you've got to make it work and yeah you might have to burn the candle at both ends for a while but don't give up your job yet like and it's there is that sort of you know uh culture of just jumping in and making a class money but i love the fact that you're so vocal about the art and i wanted to ask you a question because you are you know no g of the digital art world you were doing digital art way before this this ecosystem ever even existed and you've seen you've navigated this transition so elegantly but i'm sure that the art space in general and it's a it's a space that i'm navigating myself it's funny i'm the opposite i've come into the art sector through nfts i wasn't really exposed although i've always loved art and i actually taught art believe it or not i was an art teacher uh, for many years but 
Um, I think that there is obviously uh, this, what's happening in NFTs is shaking up the traditional art world. Um, and, and, you know, you can see it already with Gazelli, like how they are a, a, a traditional gallery that are now crossing over. You know, what's your opinion? Into, do you think this is needed? How, how is this affecting the art world, the traditional art world? And where do you see it going in sort of five to ten years? Like, are, are art galleries freaking out? Are they like museums I know now are starting to display digital art? In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Tel Aviv. I went to the Tel Aviv Museum of Art because they had an NFT display. Um, and I wanted to go and see this NFT displayed in, in this art, in this museum. And I walked in and there were these three lovely ladies, volunteers at the desk, the information desk. And I said to them, where's your NFT um, section? And they're all like looking at the program, trying to find it. And they said, oh, it's there. But no one's ever asked us to go to it before. They, could, they didn't know where it was. And they said, do you know what an NFT is? And I said, yeah, I, I work in it. And then, I, and then they got all the staff together and I gave them like a 10 minute um, tutorial about NFTs. These are the people running the museum who had an exhibit there and didn't even know what it was. And they said, you're the first person that's ever asked to go and see that. So this is how new um, this all is. But I wanted to ask you, Brendan, in terms of like the traditional art world and, and what's happening, you know, how how do you think this this is going to pan out, this whole, you know, digital arena and the NFT ecosystem as a whole? Well, I think that's what's been really amazing with NFTs are kind of like a Trojan horse for, um, you know, the, the, the gallery world, uh, you know, for artists in the in the gallery world that maybe didn't get a look in before and now galleries museums are all crawling over people to you know to to display their work quite quite rightly um you know and so i think that's that's i think i don't think it's either i think it's people we should all be working together you know it's not like mm. screw galleries and you know we've we've seen this week you know that that famous picture from NFT NYC London, the you know the way they displayed those. I know they did some other displays which were great, but you know that that one kind of let's our, our, friend, our friend Benny took. That yeah, Ben. So you know ben, Benny took that, <laughs> and it became it just absolutely blew up. You know, so that shows yeah. the importance of well, one execution, but also curation by someone who understands how to display art. It's not particularly, you know, I know how conferences work. They get AV teams in and their job is, oh, you want some a digital thing or whack it up there. They're not, in the, their context is not art. These AV teams mm. are not interested, you know, unless they are specialists in displaying art. So I don't even blame them because their job is to do what you what was displayed, right? So, so that's why galleries museums are really really important they're important to historically catalog the work and they do it in a very specific way and they have they have a rigor there's a there's a process that is really important um for for now and the future so i think it's about working with with galleries and from my own experience um you know gazelle got in touch with me early last year, I think January 2021. And, and but Gazelli had been doing digital art way before NFTs. They've been a champion of digital art for a long time. And they've been doing important exhibitions about really early pioneers in digital art. Um, so and continue to do so. So 
So, you know, it's not like they've suddenly gone, oh, there's this new thing called digital, let's look, let's jump on board. You know, there's a lot of galleries, not just Gazelle, others, Kate Vass and others, that have been doing this for a long time. Um, and now people are starting to take note. And, you know, the, the big the big people, you know, Pace, whoever it is, or auction houses like Suburbs and Christie's, whatever, you know, um, they they come on board and, you know, rightly or wrongly, whatever. But um, so, you know, that's that's what's interesting. We're having the, these conversations, these these exhibitions are now happening and the, the genie is out the bottle and it ain't going mm. back in. Uh, so. That's what I, I think the different, like your your wonderful story about, you know, in Tel Aviv, there shouldn't be an NFT section. It should be, yeah. there's a digital art, and not even digital art, I just call it art, you know, but mm. it might be called digital art and that's fine. But, um, you know, there's there's not like a, an oil painting section or, a, you know, generally it's, you know, it's it's usually based on, you know, the theme, like a Renaissance section or whatever. That's, that's interesting. So... I think we probably will see the end, you know, NFTs, um, you know, no one talks about MP3s when they're talking about music. Yeah. They used to, but, you know, you can, you know, you don't go and see, I'm going to a great MP3 concert tonight. You know, which is that. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's the same thing with NFTs. So hopefully we're going to see, you know, NFTs disappear a little bit from the vocabulary and instead mm. we'll just use the word, another three letter word, art. That that's yes, I love that. That is such a brilliant way to close. <laughs> that we're gonna replace those three letters NFT with another three letters. I love that A R T. Yes, that's where we need to go. What a beautiful close to our first show. I'm actually a little bit emotional, <laughs> but that was it was so amazing. Powerful. It was yeah, amazing. Was so it was powerful. powerful. It was really special, not just because of the first episode, but actually because of having you, Brandon, and uh, all these wonderful guests who join us today. Before we wrap up, uh, I just want to briefly ask Brandon, what's new for you uh, entering year 2023? I'm sure that you are working on a lot of uh, big projects. I'm sure that you are planning to attend a lot of uh, big exhibitions and conferences, but what is... Uh, the biggest thing alpha drop some alpha yeah exactly. we need some alpha what's <laughs> new for 2023 okay so um uh, one of the main things i'm working on right now is an exhibition it will be in barcelona it's not officially been announced yet but uh, myself Woo, that's Ruf, alpha. um Rafi um and various others um in a digital exhibition there uh, my piece will be a 3D printed piece with with data as well. So uh, I'm working on that at the minute. Um, various uh, fairs uh, I'm doing with Gazelli. So we're doing Art Singapore, um, which is the inaugural Art Singapore, and that will be in January. And uh, we're also doing Art Dubai in, I think it's March or April, I can't remember. Um, and then, yeah, some new collaborations. I'm doing a huge collaboration with Gary Huswit, who did the Helvetica documentary, an objectified documentary. Um, and that's in, it's a Brian Eno documentary. So we're working with uh, the legendary uh, musician and producer, Brian Eno. That's going to be one of the biggest things I do in my career. That's 
we're on with that at the minute. So we're making a generative documentary filmmaker. So you'll be able to watch this documentary and it will never be the same twice. Um, so that wow. be crazy. Um, we're currently working on that at the minute. Uh, so that's for release next year. Uh, yeah, and then uh, collaboration again with Charlotte and Logan Nelson uh, after the Pandora variations and then a couple of other things connected with that. Yeah, so it's got, it's um, 2023 is going to be busy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Brendan, this is massive. God. This you is are, massive. How, how you do you are, manage wow. all of it? Wow. <laughs> and as is... Elon Musk right here. That's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. no he, I think I think Brendan is really one of the uh, really one of the OGs of the art space. The digital art space, you know, let's not call it NFTs, let's call it what it is. It's digital art and you are not only a pioneer, but you are one of the the pillars, I would say, of of the space and continue to inspire you know, we've got artists, I, I know, in the audience right now, emerging artists who I think are, are completely inspired by you and keep going because your work is important and it's valued. And uh, we need we need to celebrate art. And we it's like you say exactly that. It's not about the, the NFTs. It's not about the commercial entity. It's about celebrating art, giving people a voice, giving people a space to enjoy that and connect with it. And you are a true leader and in this space and, and, and really meaningful leader for, for so many. So thank you for all you're doing, both for the art world and the Web3 world. And we really look forward to celebrating um, all the work that you're putting forward. To I will continue to come to all your exhibitions and um, hopefully be able to buy some at some point. Um, but I just, I love, I love you as a person. I love what you're doing. I think you embody, for me, Web3 web art, digital art is embodied in you. And that's why I so, you know, Nikki and I really wanted you to start our our spaces this is this is a space that we knew was going to be amazing and we wanted to treasure it and it's it's totally exceeded every expectation we had so thank you so so much for being our our very treasured first guest and we look forward possibly to having you on again maybe uh you know in 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 a few months maybe at the end of the year sort of to to reminisce about this space and to see where the uh where where it's gone because we know that web3 travels very quickly so who knows what's going to happen in 12 months just to so reflect, thank you so much just, just to reflect to make sure what we have discussed today is still relevant and how brandon is going uh, on his journey i already had a couple of very very positive uh, messages about this being a legendary space as being uh, the best possible star that we could have so I absolutely appreciate you, Brandon, coming here today, actually talking about your exhibitions. When is Barcelona? Is it end of this year? Uh, Barcelona's in March next year. Got it, because I'm traveling Amazing. there in a couple yep. of weeks, so that I'm going to see it. But in any case, that's another reason to come to Barcelona March of next year. So, Brandon, <laughs> you're just amazing. Thank you very much for uh, joining us today. And uh, we want you to know that uh, you're very special for all of us. So, thank you for being this persona. Oh, no, listen, no. It, oh, <laughs> that's really nice of you to say. And, and thank you for inviting me on. And uh, really honored to be on here. And um, to everyone who turned up and listened, uh, thank you. Thank you so much as well. Um, it's great that you, you, you two are doing this. 
European centered, um, you know, because it's uh, a lot of things can be US cent- central and it's great to have this European show. So I, I wish you all the best with it. I'll be make sure to be tuning in as, as often as I can. And, um, and, and to everyone who's listening, you know, um, you know, this, this space can be hard. Let's, let's not, you know, let's not, uh, sugarcoat it that everything's, you know, wonderful all the time. And it's, you know, um, to get your work seen and especially with the Twitter algorithm, the way it is, is, is hard. Um, but you've just got to, you've got to be relentless. And, um, the main thing I would say is put yourself into the work. That's what people want to see in the work is is yourself. Don't follow trends. Don't try and do what you think other people want you to do. Um, what other collectors what you know they think you you think they're buying and you you alter your style. Put yourself into the work and eventually you know and and just keep at it. And uh, that's all you can do. And uh, hopefully the planets align and, you know, you and, and, let, and let, you know, and, and success, you know, it, it's different to different people. So so bear that in mind as well. So uh, but yeah, thank you, everyone. And, and just thanks for listening. You're amazing, Brandon. Everyone who joined us today for our first historical show. Thank you very much, guys. You're amazing. Uh, Origins XYZ with me and uh, Rekt Alice coming next Tuesday at 2 p.m. GMT time. We're going to have another wonderful guest, Mila, uh, coming to join us. But uh, for today, I uh, want to say GNGN, uh, Oriwa, uh, choose. The Svidania, Sveiki. That's basically how we do it here in Europe. We love everyone who joined us today. You're amazing. And uh, see you in Metaverse, guys. Bye. GM, GM. Bye.